Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Today I want to turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 which um, a lot have titled it the love chapter. There are other chapters that talk a lot about love, but um, this one deals almost completely with love. It calls it charity. 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to skip down to verse 13. And now abideth faith hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity, which simply means love. In the Greek, it's the word agape. Um, someone did a study on that years ago, and I've just never forgot what they talked about, that agape means a love that requires nothing in return. Wow. <laughs> you mean I'm supposed to act like that? Just love you and love you and love you and love you even if you never give me any love back? Well, that is the kind of love this is talking about. I want us to back up, though, um, to chapter 12. But before I do that, can you turn to someone and sincerely say those three important words? I love you. I love you. I love you. That's not cheating. That's the truth. I love you, Bao. <laughs> I love you. 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 <laughs> I love you, Marzi. We're going to look at the chapter before this, chapter 12, I'm going to look at, uh, read verses 4 through 11. Um, do you have the word with you today? The precious holy word of God? If you don't, it might be on the screen. <laughs> if not, uh, I guess you have a device maybe in your hand. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's supposed to be a prophet for everyone. For to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, 
to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will notice several times he says the same spirit the same in other words you weren't given these gifts so you could do it all on your own it's all come they all come from the holy spirit they come from the lord i hope we never forget that <clears throat> as the continuation of the apostolic church especially we understand or we have some understanding let's just say of these diversity of gifts because we've either experienced them ourselves um, or we've witnessed we've been in a church service where we've seen a word of wisdom given we've seen a word of prophecy given we've witnessed people being healed and I'm thankful for that very thankful for that because we know they are real we've seen them or we have participated in them and because they are powerful sometimes we're very impressed by these I believe sometimes we put a whole lot of emphasis on these gifts and make them a very high priority within the church now of course I would never belittle any of these. These are a part of the church. They should be a part of the church. How many agree that we should see more of this in the church? Yes, we should. While they are definitely a part of the church and a part of being filled with the Spirit, they're very powerful, they're very needed. I'd love to see them in operation more, but Paul lets us know very plainly as he continues that even if we are blessed with these gifts that if we do not have love he is so plain here we are nothing that's pretty strong words there in verse 12 of chapter 12 he begins to describe the body of Christ as one now just look around it may I know there's several individuals in the house but guess what we are to be one one and he writes about and he puts emphasis on each individual that one is not more important than the other think about it we do hold pastor in high esteem but the Bible is telling us there's not one more important than the other he's saying on the heels of this talking about the diversity of gifts um, you know I believe Paul had a really good understanding of people he'd been around <laughs> he had been around many different countries uh, many different he had seen many different things let's just say it that way and we tend 
And I believe that's why he wrote this, because we tend to lift up those to a higher spiritual ranking in our minds that are used in the gifts of the Spirit. If there's a prophecy that comes to pass, we automatically lift that person up and Oh, they are just so spiritual and in our minds, in our hearts, we just esteem them highly. I, nothing wrong with respecting and honoring people. Nothing wrong with that. Do not go out here saying, Sister Burke said, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm saying they are worthy of honor and respect. But dare we lift someone up like that and disregard someone in the body that is full of the love of God. They love everybody. You know that song? Give me that old time religion. Makes me love everybody. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Whatever that old time religion is, I want it. <laughs> if it makes me love everybody. I believe that's why Paul went on to describe how important every single member of the body of Christ is. He went on to say those who are externally beautiful, comely, and those who are uncomely, those that may have some type of deformity or whatever in their body, they're all the same. 1 Corinthians 12 and 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. You are here because it pleased him. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? He has put us in his body right where we are supposed to be. If, if we are fulfilling what he's asked us to do, he has placed us in his body as it hath pleased him. Wow. You could just say, wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm pleasing God right now. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> as it hath pleased him. 1 Corinthians 12.25 <clears throat> That there should be no... You can say this a couple of different ways. I say schism. Some say schism. No division, let's just say that, in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. Don't be honoring pastor if you're not going to honor somebody else in the pew. The same care, the same love, the same respect one for another. Instead of using this chapter, chapter 12, on the gifts of the Spirit as a measuring stick for one another, I believe Paul was just explaining some things. He just needed to give us some understanding of the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. He wasn't trying to say, now this gift, the gift of prophecy, that makes this person so spiritual. He wasn't trying to say, but this one over here, they've never prophesied, they've never given a tongues and interpretation, they don't have any discernment, they're just less spiritual. No, he was not saying that. 
This is not a spiritual barometer, so to speak. Um, it's just an explanation to us to understand there are diversities of gifts. And we should embrace that. We should be thankful that God has gifted someone with the gift of whatever it is. Brother Timothy has an awesome voice. I'm thankful for that. I appreciate his gift. If this were a spiritual barometer, he would have never followed up with how important every single member of the body is. And then, of course, there are some that will take these next things um, to a degree of competition. And I've heard arguments, and sorry, I don't like the arguments that I hear <clears throat> based upon these next few scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, he went on to say, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondly, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues, are all apostles, question mark, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, He's letting us know. We're, no, we're not all the same. We all have different gifts. A gift is something that is given to you freely. It's not something you earned or you got spiritual enough to have. It's a gift from God. How dare we take something like that and lift it up so high and say, look at me. Or look at them. We need to remember we're all one body. Thank God for those who are used in the gifts of the Spirit. We need that in the church. I'm thankful. I mean, if, if Brother Smith wouldn't have stood there and prophesied and said, in six and a half weeks, you're not going to be in this building any longer. I don't know where you'll be. You'll probably be renting somewhere. And then turned around and kept preaching. Well, because... The Lord has used him in the gift of prophecy before. I mean, we took out our calendars and we wrote it down. Well, we've seen the Lord use him in this way, so we believe this is going to happen too. Maybe that was the other half of the equation that we believed it. <laughs> and we saw it happen. But does that mean we take Reverend T.L. Smith and put him, put a plaque on the wall in his name and we bow down? No, and he would never in a billion years want that. <laughs> He's one of the most humble men I've ever met, and I'm thankful for it. But this is what was interesting to me. As I finished reading chapter 12 and started on chapter 13, I thought there was never supposed to be a dividing line here. And I know that's happened many times throughout the Bible. Um, God inspired this written word, but... I'm not saying he inspired the division of the chapters. That was man. And that's okay. It's fine. It makes us feel good to check off, I read this chapter. <laughs> 
But I just don't believe there should have been a division there between 12 and 13. That's just my opinion. I just base it on everything that I read that is the expected characteristics of those who follow Christ. And the emphasis that he puts on love in his word. Let me just read the last verse of chapter 12 and right into 13. Remember, he's talking about the gifts. He's talking about we're all one body. He's talking about prophets and apostles. And then he says, the last thing he says in chapter 12, but covet earnestly the best gifts. It's okay. Ask the Lord. You know, I'd like to have some of these gifts. And yet, I show, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He said, I just sound like a noise if I have all these gifts and I'm using them even in the kingdom of God, God's using me, but I don't have love. <laughs> it just sounds like a bunch of noise. Maybe Paul having a great understanding of people and of course also being led by the Spirit as he wrote this, knew that they needed to hear what was most important of all. Even more important than feeling the power and experiencing the power of the gifts of the Spirit. Just because they are powerful, they feel powerful, doesn't make them the most important thing. And I think we kind of get that confused sometimes. Maybe he thought back to the words that Jesus himself spoke in Mark 12, 28 through 31. Maybe he had heard that Jesus spoke these words. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? What's the most important commandment of all? And Jesus answered, the first of all commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this. In other words, it's a continuation of this first commandment. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. It's in red. <laughs> Notice how Jesus linked those two together. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, this is the greatest, the most important thing you can do. Or maybe it was the words that John penned that Jesus said in John 13, 34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have 
loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye love, if ye have love one to another. He said, in the way that I have loved you, somebody tell me, how did God love you? How has he shown you his love? Anybody? He gave his life. Anybody else? Tell me how does he show you his love every day? He forgives us. Constantly. Yes. He holds nothing back. Wow. Anybody else? How does Jesus show you that he loves you every day? He never gives up on you. Anybody else? He provides for us everything we need. Yes, Brother Eric. He gives us joy. Anybody else? Brother Raymond? Yes. He died for us. He wakes us up every morning and blesses us. That's the kind of love <laughs> that he's telling us we should have for one another. We should have the kind of love one for another that brings joy, that is a continual forgiveness, that provides for us see someone in need you help them you provide for them a, a love that is without condition never gives up on us that's how we're supposed to treat one another Woo! I don't know about you I got a long way to go <laughs> either way Paul went on to describe and go into great detail of what this type of agape, this type of love, this godlike love is truly all about. I believe the Spirit gave him an actual understanding of the love that each and every one of us has been given from our God. It's, it's actually pretty tough to comprehend this kind of love. I think sometimes we get so far removed. We know we love people. We know we love our family. But this kind of love, what is this? Can we really truly understand it? Yes, we can understand it this way. When it comes between us and God, we're like, oh man, you forgave me again. Oh my goodness, I love you. I we understand that. But it's that same love, this way, one toward another, that we have trouble comprehending. You know why? Because you're human and you let me down. And I'm human and I let you down. So does that draw the line and say, oh, except if people let you down. Then you don't have to love them that way. There's no exceptions. <laughs> Thank you.
We may do well most of the time loving others, but what about loving ourselves? Oh, Sister Burke, don't even go there. I got a lot of work to do on that. Well, we all do. But we need to be a little more gracious to ourselves. Guess what? We're human. That accounts for a whole lot of faults right there. I want us to walk through this chapter and really look at what is described as being the most important thing of all. Verse 2 of chapter 13, I believe, for me, it confirms what I thought, that there shouldn't have been a break in the chapters. It seems to be a continuation of what he was writing about in chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 13 and 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and I don't have love, I am nothing. Those last three words, I am nothing, in the Greek can translate to this, I am nobody. I'm nobody. I can have a whole lot of faith. I can prophesy to you. God can use me in the gifts of the Spirit. But if I do not have love, I am a nobody. I am nothing. That right there is letting us know that we should not lift one person above another especially if that person has no love or has very little love that they show. Having faith, being able to speak to a mountain and seeing it move, that's pretty powerful stuff. Having faith and being able to speak a word of faith or praying for someone with faith and we see them healed, powerful stuff. We can't do it. That's why I can say it's powerful stuff. It comes straight from the Lord. He just chooses to use us as this vessel of power, of his power. He flows through us and heals someone that is powerful. And we love it. And sometimes we get so excited about the power that we forget about what should be driving that power. And that is the love of God. If we're going to prophesy to someone, if we're going to lay hands on someone for them to be healed, it should be done out of our love, one for another. I want to see you healed because I love you. So I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to use me in the gift of faith, and you're going to be healed. These things that Paul was speaking of are very powerful things. Having faith and speaking and seeing someone healed, delivered, seeing the miraculous is very powerful. And we put a lot of emphasis on it. And then his word says, even if I do these things, but I don't have love, I'm really of no importance at all. <laughs> Puts a whole lot of emphasis on love. 
Verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, have not love, it profiteth me nothing. This is to say it gives me no advantage at all. It doesn't help my reputation. It doesn't help my cause if I do all these charitable acts so everyone sees them, but I don't even have the love to back it up. What good is it? So let me just give you an example. I can go work at, let's just say, a homeless shelter. I can take all of my old coats in and put them at the Salvation Army. I can, you know, do whatever. I can do all these charitable acts. But I walk in the doors of the church and I don't even look at you or talk to you because I just don't like you. I don't like your ways. I just... What good does it do me to go serve the poor if I don't love you, if I don't love my neighbor, if I don't love people in my household? It's not giving me any advantage at all in the kingdom. He puts a lot of emphasis on love. And then he begins to describe this love. This is a love that we all long for. It's a love that we crave. It's a love that will help us make it through any situation. This same love, this agape in the Greek is described in several areas in the word of God. But let me tell you something. When, he, when Jesus said, you are to love the way that I loved, what drew you into the church? Was it the gift of prophecy? Was it the diverse kind of tongues? Was it discernment? Was it any of the spiritual gifts that drew you to the cross? Well, somebody might have prophesied in a service and there could have been the gifts of healing and operation, but I guarantee you what drew you and I to an altar was not the gifts of the Spirit. It was the love of God. It was this love that said, I don't care what you've done wrong. I don't care how you've lived or how you've spent your life out in the world. I don't care if whatever. I know we categorize things. You know, we just think whatever in your mind is the worst thing possible ever. Whatever that is, the love, the unconditional love of God drew us in to the cross, to the altar, and said, I forgive you. I'm not holding anything against you. And you know what? Every single day, I'm not going to hold anything against you. No matter how you treat me, no matter what you do, no matter what sin you still give into, I'm going to love you. He's not going to tell us to love others and him not back it up by the way he is. It was that love 
that drew us to him. And it's that same love that is supposed to draw men, women of the world, children of the world to us. They should be drawn to us like they were drawn to Jesus. John 15, 12 and 13. This is my wish. No. <laughs> Jesus said, this is my commandment. Anybody know the Ten Commandments? We try to live by them. We try to, this is, he said, this is my commandment. We don't have a choice here. That ye love one another as, as, <laughs> as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. This is my commandment, Jesus, that ye love one another as I have loved you. How has he loved us? Enough to die for us. Are we willing to die for somebody in this building today? Are we willing to give up what we want to help somebody else out, to show them love? Jesus is commanding us to have the same type of love that he had toward us. John 15, 14 through 17, Jesus again saying, ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. Sometimes we can look in the mirror and say, I don't get it. Why would you ever choose me? But he said it. Let me tell you today, you did not make the choice first of living for God and serving God. He made the choice first. He loved you and he drew you to him. Love fulfills the law. I have chosen you. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye ask you shall ask of my Father in my name. He may give it you. These things I command you that ye love one another. I think we like to pull out the part of the scripture that says, Whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. Yes, we want that. We want to ask. We want to receive. We, we believe. We understand. But don't leave out the beginning and the ending of this verse. It's a command 
It's not an option. It's not an option for us to pick and choose who we will love. Oh, we can say it. Oh, yeah, I love them. I mean, I don't like them, but I love them. Really? He's talking about a love that is without condition. A love that says, even if I don't like their ways, I love them enough to drive across town and do this for them or offer to do this for them or love them, show them love in some kind of way. Not ignore them, not turn around and walk the other way when they're coming my way, not backbite and talk about them and, and find every fault in the world in them. That's not the love of God. And that's not the love that he said to every one of us, I command this of you. Convicting, absolutely. <laughs> Again, Jesus is commanding that we love one another in the same manner that he loves us. I don't know about you, but every single morning, I just enjoy his love. I enjoy it. If it's 15 minutes in his presence or if it's an hour, it, his love is right there. His forgiveness is right there. Can that be said of us one toward another? This is the type of love that chooses us while we were yet sinners, while we were cursing his name and living like a heathen. While we were hating, he was loving. While we were running, he was chasing us down. He's telling us how we should love. And then 1 Corinthians, the rest of the chapter, breaks it down of what that love looks like. Can I tell you, this is not a human type of love. We can't imitate it into existence. This is the type of love that we were singing about last Sunday, that it's overwhelming, it uh, chases us down, it fights till I'm found. He left the 99 at one point in time. Every one of us, he left the church and went seeking and searching for you and I. He knew the church would be okay. So he went and he drew us with his love that unconditional love that we all enjoy so much. He went and he found us. That's what he's asking us to do. He's asking of us to reach to those that have gone astray, to reach to the sinner with that kind of love. A love that even though rejected just keeps going. It's this type of love in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace 
ye are saved. Where do grace and mercy come from that you and I enjoy every single morning? They come from God. They come from this love that never ends. And that's what we should be giving out to others. First John 4, the whole chapter, again, is all about love. Pretty much describes where this love came from, its effect on each of us. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. If you don't know anything else about God, if you don't understand his word, and you don't understand a whole lot of things in his word, understand this very simple concept. God is love. So everything that he does is based off of that right there. God is love. It's who he is. We cannot separate him from who he is. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, <laughs> but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Amen? Are we loving people in this manner? Are we obeying his commands? I have a question that I'm going to end with today. When we walked in the doors of church today, how full of the love of God were we? How was our love toward God when we walked in the doors? And how is our love toward one another? What would it be like if every time we walked through the doors that our hearts were full of his love? Full of love for him and full of love for every person we come in contact with. Not full of, oh my word, I can't believe they wore that. Not full of, oh my goodness, I have to see them again. Not, and I'm not saying we're like this because we, it, we have a reputation by people that have visited. Wow, your church is so friendly. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for showing the love of God to one another. But what would happen if we came in and, I mean, we're just, we're here to love Jesus. And we're here to love one another unconditionally. Unconditionally. No, no holds bar. <laughs> I'm just here to love. And you may be thinking, well, that sounds like a charismatic church. That sounds like what God is telling us we need to be. And I want to be able to fulfill that. It would be a different atmosphere. Just think, 
if we come in loving our husbands, our wives, loving our moms and our dads, loving our siblings, loving everybody. Wow. The atmosphere will be full of the love of God. I want us to pray today. I don't know about you, but I'm just convicted today. <laughs> I want to seek after this kind of love. I want to know what it's like to have this kind of, the love of God, the true, genuine love of God that truly makes me love everybody without a condition. I, sometimes I think I do, but then I read all of this. I'm like, oh, I need to work on this. So let's pray. Jesus, oh Jesus, we're so indebted to you for your love to us that you first loved us, that you first chose us. We're so thankful to you, God. Thank you for that. Oh God, I pray you would give us a revelation every one of us caught of what this love really is like that we could absorb it and then we could give it out we need your help God we ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Oh God, we want men to know that we are your followers because of how we treat them with love. Help us, oh God, help us. And thank you for helping us. Open our eyes to see what we need to see about this. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, God. Amen.